0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Listen, you're going to hear us
1: talking a lot about some different topics here, but there's kind of a theme among uh, the, the subjects that we're talking about. kind of we just should.
2: naturally happened. We did not plan that to happen. Yeah, right? and it's Q&A,
1: all. and it's really about uh, listening to your body, listening to the signals it sends out. I mean, we talk about fasting. We talk about over overeating and awareness. Uh, you know, things that you would have done in your teens and twenties, and how you assess yourself uh, in the mirror. But really, it all goes back to paying attention to your body uh, and listening to some of the signals that it sends you. Our Super Maps bundle is a system with that's programmed out for about a year, and within it, there's different phases, and you really get in tune with how your body responds to each of these phases. And these phases make up different MAPS programs. All of our most popular uh, MAPS programs are included in the Super MAPS bundle. You have MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, MAPS Aesthetic, you have MAPS Anywhere, you have Prime MAPS Prime that sets it all up. But within each of these, you will see how your body works. You will learn to read the signals that your body tells you, you'll see how how your body responds when you do a strength cycle, when you do mobility work, when you work on priming your body properly, when you're doing workouts without equipment like you are with MAPS Anywhere, what kind of differences it makes in the way your body looks and feels. Really, the Super MAPS bundle um, at its core is really learning uh, how your body responds to different methods of training. Now, of course, at the end of this, your body looks uh, much different, much better, moves better, you feel better. Um, it's probably the most comprehensive uh, system that I've uh, that we've ever seen uh, in fitness. And this month we're also including for free the fasting and nutrition guide it, when you enroll with the super maps bundle. Now you can find all of this at mindpumpmedia.com. Let's talk about, Let's talk Adam. about his prostate while he's not you know what? Don't mm. see I don't wanna I don't want uh, to curse him, just, dude. No. God forbid. No. Because if Adam, you know... It's fine. Pro- listen, issues with the prostate... Maybe he needs to be massaged. I- issues with the... Pro- <laughs> he needs to get milk. Yeah. Issues with the prostate are are like, you know, like, uh, you know, I hate to say it, like prostate cancer. It's actually many times quite curable, mm. but then it could leave him impotent. I see. You know what I mean? Like, if they went and treated him... That's a depressing story. Then he couldn't get a boner anymore. Yeah. And... You know, fuck. I mean, Adam, as we know him, I mean, he is the walking boner. Adam, as we and know him, would be ce- would cease to exist. Right? You know, you know, you know what, do you yeah. know what happened to Adam hey. if he couldn't if he couldn't like have sex anymore? Uh, he would become so like philosophical. And yeah, rough. he'd be like productive.
3: Hey, man. Oh
1: my God. Maybe we should, <laughs>
3: guys. Yeah, he'd be like a super hippie. Hey,
1: guys. I wrote this like this <laughs> manifesto. Of how you should live, you'd be life. a better singer. Let's be honest. Yeah, and then he goes, and I also invented this new technology. Yeah, and I just created this Dude, new guys I'm, medicine. I'm out
3: to heal the world.
1: Yeah, I, I really want to heal. That's what would happen, Adam. Like, don't you think
0: that would happen?
2: World. 100% That would happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're saying if you were if you were unable to, uh, all of a sudden you couldn't Get have sex erect. anymore. Like, let's say you had a problem with your prostate for reals, like Rekt. horrible shit, like God forbid, right? But if something did happen where you couldn't have sex anymore, I was just talking about how philosophical and how. Mm. Like, yeah. what a, what a, what a, like amazing human being. <laughs> <Get that stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? Because I, yeah. I was talking about like your, your prostate. He'd be like right? because, Deepak Chopra. Because you, you go yeah. pee every five seconds. Just, oh, yeah. And I was He's like, oh, deep. I was like, what if he had something yeah. horrible happen, but then he couldn't have sex anymore. You know, some of all the like the, why would the benefits to mankind like that. that would end up happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Why?
2: Why did we talk about? It? I don't yeah, know. We dude. just decided to do it. That's horrible. Yeah. What else did you talk about? when I'm gone. Dude? That's about it, dude. I mean, there's a into, lot to speculate. I don't part. trust these motherfuckers. Yeah. Mm. That's for sure. It's airing, by the way.
0: Yes. Yeah, we're not editing. It's all in there. It's all in there. We're also going to air whatever your, they
3: said is not true.
1: We're also going to air the music that you made earlier. Oh we are. Oh we should. We dude. should have
2: the, the, the uh, intro for sure. It was pretty much magical. Hmm. It was. it
1: was it was magical. It was but magic's not always good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes like, it can be dark. Yeah, because I th- I think <laughs> I think it magically somebody's, hurt people's somebody's ears. been watching Harry Potter yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic- it's like Gargamel. It magically yeah, yeah, hurt like, people's like, people's
2: ears. Yeah.
1: Oh, every time I hear magic, you know what I think of? You're the dick. You whenever I hear the
2: word magic, what? it's magically delicious. What is the what is the childish most childish thing that you guys still do right now? Childish? childish? Yeah. What do you mean? I what do you mean? Like I know wear you, jammies? I don't know. Possibly, do you wear a onesie still no. or uh, watch Harry Potter do. on the weekends, even uh, though you've seen it 15 <laughs> times already? I'm, I'm, I know I you totally some... get into SpongeBob. With when my I get kids. St- when I get stressed out,
1: I have a pacifier. Is that considered? Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Do you remember
2: when that was in style? Remember <laughs> it's so after weird when you do uh, the little baby diaper thing? Boys in the hood. After Boys in the Hood when we were Do you remember that? That was there was actually a uh short window there where that people were buying pacifiers and they were I thought that was because they were on drugs.
1: I thought they had to do uh, that because they
2: were chewing their mouth. No, that was from Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood uh, that one character, he had he used to put the pacifier in the side of I remember of his mouth. that. Yeah, and then I, after that everybody did it. It's mm. so dumb. Well, not everybody. A lot of people did it for a while. Well,
1: I, I know at raves and shit. People are dropping all kinds of molly, and then you'll see some people with like pacifiers mm. in the mouth and stuff. Well,
2: what, what, I mean, what's Freud? Freud has a, a theory on this, right? That we have this mouth uh, fixation, right? The, that we want to chew and put things in our mouth. Isn't there? Isn't there some? Don't, do, you, mm. do you do you know, do you know much about Freud? Did you read no, no, much no, no, Freud or not? I know you like to justify. it. It's more into like having sex with your mom. No, no. Did you have you read yeah, Freud? Like, no, that's true. I've read right, that is says, true. Right. There's yeah. there's something, and it has something to do with, all the way back to when we were kids, and we're, are we used to Freaking nurse on our mom, whatever. Right. So it, there's something about that. And I, and you're a Show lot of people, a lot of people did that for a while. And I have a, girl, girl. I chew on like straws. I, I'm really, I have a bad habit of if I drink something that has a straw afterwards, I pull the straw out and then I chew. I don't know if you guys have seen that already. I've been around you guys multiple you times. You always putting things in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> just
1: <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: get the fuck out of yeah. here!
1: In yeah. your mind Yeah, you can get
3: fixated on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did
1: you guys lift today? No, huh? No. You, you guys Not wait until afterwards. Well, no. I mean, I I'll pick up
3: like I'll do some stuff with the Indian clubs and the mace bell, just like sporadically all the mm-hmm. time. But uh, I haven't got to my workout yet. I usually work out like at the end. That's what of, I was going to say. The day. Yeah.
1: So because I've had my kids for, for the whole week and everything, and uh, you know, even today I've been working out in here. It's been fun, man. Yeah. I like working out in here a lot.
2: Oh, I, I love it. The only thing that's suffering is my calves are shrinking at a rapid rate. <laughs> oh, God, it's killing me. I actually went to Gold's yesterday just to do calves. Oh, you know, literally. Oh, so do what, like, what's your calf the
3: routine, dude? Because, like, so obviously you need machines. Like, you need the seated calf raise. You don't. You, need the you, one. you like, don't. your deal?
2: You know. And Sal tried to tell me this the other day. Like, I don't know, right? He's like, Hey, you could totally do standing calf raises by oh, you putting need a the bar fucking bar block. Up. I'm like, No shit, bro. <laughs> I had <laughs> like, no I'm idea. Doing that. I had no idea that that was the function for the calves, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just the convenience of have and the golds that I have the membership I have I absolutely love because it's got multiple standing calves it has a donkey calf machine it's got multiple seated calf machines it's got like the the 45 degree kind of like a sled sled uh calf raise I don't know what the name You're of is You're probably that
1: the one. only person that goes to golds yeah. because of their like calf hack, hack squat I'm sure I'm sure
2: I, I'm sure I, that's the main reason why I have that membership there because it has the best calf <laughs> machines in all the bay area so I, open up a calf-specific gym. Yeah, and it's not the same. For me, I don't like having to modify using the barbell, standing on plates and doing it, or if I have to go over and sit down at a chair and rest kettlebells or dumbbells on my thighs and do it. I like to get under the machine. I like that it's already- So it's the convenience? It is the convenience. It so it's 100% is convenience? 100%. It's, because I no, feel like- there's no, I feel Obviously, like I, understand here, bio, I understand biomechanics, so I understand yeah. that. Well, you did show us
3: some cool moves with the kettlebells you do for your calves. I know that. Right?
1: But I, but I, I feel like if it's only convenience because you're already here... That it's just more convenient to do it here than having to go separately to another gym, drive to a gym.
2: Well, what it get is, ready for what it, it uh, is, it's like, and, and obviously, uh, I mean, you just skip it all together. But I care yeah. still, right? So uh, there's, you a th-
1: know, it's funny though, I haven't, but and, but my calves haven't shrunk nearly as much as yours. <laughs> yeah, isn't
2: that weird? <laughs> no, it's. I just <laughs> so def- strange. It's weird, yeah. and, and for sure. I have definitely have to put more work in for my physique to look the way it does. So that's, uh, and I my calves just disappear. Just if they-
1: calves, though. I'm not talking about the whole physique. Oh man, yeah, it, because the rest. Man. He looks awesome It's just Uh calves though Yeah they they, Jump rope I feel like we need to jump rope Adam Justin's been telling us forever
2: I have Yeah that would require Coordination and cardio for me Which those two Mm. are I'm allergic to both of those Yeah Mm. So no You're right I mean jumping rope Here's the deal I'm fucking making excuses, okay? Like, so we could sit here all day and point them out. I'm just admitting what uh, this is a struggle of mine that I'm having right now, and I'm being real about it. So, what we can talk it? about all the different ways that we can use fucking the. Do, do this stuff. This isn't of, a calf intervention. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Chill out. Like, yeah. fuck off, dude. Yeah. Yeah. T- right? You know what I'm? You know what the I'm actually, of this
1: episode. <laughs> is. But let me ask you this then: Let's talk. We need to talk about it. this. Is important because we have people that are listening that struggle to tr- to do certain things with their training. What is it about? Because I could tell you right now what it is about calf training that makes me fucking hate it. Like, what is it for you about calf training that makes you, you know, not it, want to do it's it?
2: The, it's the it's the the amount of stimulation for the little bit of of result that you're that you actually get from it. If I hit if I were to hit my my legs if as frequent as I like, so when I'm competing, right? So calves get the most frequency out of anything that I train, anything. Hands down, except for right now. But when I'm normally training, I'm training for a show, I'm getting on stage, calves are a three to five times a week uh, part of my routine. If I gave any other muscle that kind of attention, I would look it would look abnormally big. Like my legs would grow crazy to that level, my chest, my arms, mm-hmm. anything else. So it's the amount of work I have to put in. For the least amount of results on a very very small muscle, that that's the annoying part about it. Yeah, and the motherfuckers with big calves, let's be honest, that that son of a bitch never lifts. The guys
1: with the biggest calves never work them out. Never, never. The
2: guy with the best calves. I bet bet, bet, bet Justin hasn't done a calf raise like a legit calf raise in since
1: like 1996. Yeah, never.
2: Yeah, Yeah, never done. Which is also what always annoys me when guys talk shit about that. It's like fuck you, bro. Yeah, like (laughs) literally, like you genetically got calves, which gives you fucking carte blanche to talk shit to everybody who (laughs) doesn't. I've put more work. In my calves, the last year you probably did in your whole entire life, motherfucker. Yeah. It's also <laughs>
1: yeah. for me. It's also the non-functionality of like I if I can push a sled, I can you know jump rope, do all these different things. My calves aren't going to grow as much as when I lift weights for them, but function, functionally speaking, they're fine. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I know to like if I stop deadlifting or I stop squatting. I can tell, like functionally speaking. That's and a I mean, great. Po- that's I can't a very, really tell when they. That's, that's a very yeah. good point
2: too, because they. Well, it's like your forearms, right? You know, they're If you are, if you're deadlifting good weight, you're rowing good weight, you're overhead pressing good weight, your forearms are going to kind of naturally develop and grow as yeah. you increase weights and strength mm. and all those other big compound movements. The calves, I wish, I wish for me, and they, and I will say this. Well, if you, I, go ahead. I will say this. Uh, the uh, my my calves uh, have. Uh, kept at this size, which is better than what they were when they were worse, like two years ago, from deeper squatting. Since I I do deeper squats and and I can squat heavier weight, I do notice my calves have got a little extra size than from before. So there is somewhat of a carryover from that for me, but not as much as I would like. I wish that they would grow in proportion to my my legs, like my legs. Are like so big in comparison to my calves, it drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, I got to be
3: honest though, because you know i I haven't put like super emphasis on my calves, but over the decades, I've been in a position where I'm on the balls of my feet and I'm training. You oh, know, right. especially and, as a football and sprinting and you know I'm I'm doing everything. Like I was so anterior chain dominant that like for me, it took me a long time to even get you know, the posterior connection I have now. So, uh, you know, as far as calf development goes, that was like, you know, I definitely felt my calves active in in most all movements I was a part of. So, uh, you know, like for me, the struggle was – Getting my heels to stay flat and then, you know, pulling weight off the ground. Like, that's tough for me. Like, mm. squatting. Oh, I see no what problem. you're saying. Yeah. Because right, that's so flat. quad dominant, too. I, I would compensate. Because you're always on your toes.
2: Yeah. Which, I, I, which makes sense for like yeah. your football, soccer play. But, but here's the thing, though. I was a soccer and a basketball player my entire life, and I still have no calves. Yeah. You know well, you
3: saying? wanted size. Though. I mean, the function of them. Yeah. Just no, you just wanted size. You're right. Yeah.
2: Actually, this is, and this is where the genetic po- component really comes in. Like, if you were to compare the strength of my calves and like, the, the The definition and how strong they are, like they're strong for sure, stronger than most. But they definitely don't. The, the size doesn't reflect what they're what they're capable, mm-hmm. of. and that's just genetics. You know, yeah. that's just what it is. And I think part of it is learning to accept that, right? That, and that's kind of this transition. Like I was joking about it with Juju uh, when he was here. And he's like, bro, just just own it, <laughs> just own it. You don't got hat calves. You you weren't genetically blessed with it, you know. Since in like hammering away at him for this little bit, it's like, oh man, but it kills me though, dude. <laughs> I like I like to wear shorts, man. <laughs> uh, or you do the calf implants? Yeah, right. I,
1: uh, I you know what I started doing a lot is uh, short foot. That exercise short foot that we learned. uh, Oh, yeah. Have you tried that? Yeah. 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 That's so fucking weird, dude. It is weird. It's hard to do. for for, Forever, I'm looking at my foot. I'm like, it's not doing anything. But now I'm starting to be able to get, get it to be able to do what I want it to. And it's
2: interesting. It is so that's a great technique. So you want to add some tips to when you do calf raises. Yeah, explain what that is. Yeah, Cause that's kind are like of, huh? Yeah, it, it's kind short of, foot is literally your foot is on
1: the floor flat, and then you literally shrink your foot by by squeezing the muscles of the sole of your foot. Okay, so how I explain yeah, that to so a client is pretend weird.
2: Pretend like you have a marble on the floor, and you're trying to pick it up with the center of your foot. So this, like the like mm. right where the arch is at of your foot, pretend like you're trying to pick a marble. Now, you're not going to be able to do that. Okay. But think about that. That's the, what you're trying to do is you're trying to grip the marble and pick the marble up with the, the center.
1: And you know how disconnected we are to it? That I, I literally, for like two days, I would sit there oh. and be like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I didn't feel anything. And now I can kind of do a little bit, you know mm. what I mean? Well, but and, and still the,
2: not nothing. The crazy part is technically we should be able to do all this stuff with our feet. Obviously, because of shoes and what we've done, we can't. You know, and a good example is: Did you guys see that uh, video? Of the girl who shoots the bow and arrow with, with her feet—I've feet? seen that yeah. before. Oh right? my yeah, god, yeah. that is that is impressive as shit. Imagine dude. what else she can do yeah. with those feet. <laughs> 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 I remember when I shared the story oh, about the like stripper, foot, <laughs> the foot job that you got <laughs> 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 back in the old mind pump days. Oh my god, what was <laughs> I, I <laughs> thinking sharing that story? I my, can't believe you actually did that. My poor girl, man. Oh, I, I, she, I put her through the gauntlet at the very beginning, man. I love you, honey, for putting up with me, staying around this long. Uh, you know what, dude? What? Let's get into some motherfucking quads. Yes. Let's do
1: it. Do it. Summon the eagle. Queen
0: Qua, the eagle has landed. Chimera Qua. Today's quads being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee qua. First up, Elena Janelle, fasting differences between men and women. Very, very,
1: very good question. Mm. There Mm. are differences between men and women when it comes to nutrition. Uh, to a small extent. Now, when I
2: there's there's are you saying that because certain foods affect hormones? It, not only certain foods,
1: but the way we react to uh, periods of fasting or periods of restriction, because a woman's body will. Uh, so what happens, for example, when men men can handle fasting t- generally? There's always individual variances, but men typically can handle fasting for longer periods of time without major hormonal changes or changes to their body. A woman can fast and find herself uh, having changes in menstruation and hormonal changes. And we're not quite sure why this is. And there are hormonal uh, uh, you know, differences uh, in, in response to these things. We're not quite sure why that is. One theory is that men were predominantly hunters uh, during most of human civilization. And we probably had to adapt to longer periods of time without food, whereas women were gatherers and they maybe had access to nuts, berries, roots, whatever, on a more regular basis. Of course, women also bear children. And uh, the, 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 the female body, if it senses um, lack of nutrition or lack of food, it will prevent or try to prevent the woman from getting pregnant. Um, and so you'll notice changes in menstruation. Some women will get extreme with it. Um, I've had some, uh, you know, some friends of mine who tried the long fast route or too many fasts, and will start to lose hair and get all these symptoms of starvation. Um, in which case, I tell them to not fast nearly as frequency or nearly as long. Um, This is one of those, like, listen to your body situations. Yeah, I
2: want to ma- make something clear right here because uh, I forgot that, you know, some of these topics we visited, like, a long time ago, and some people haven't heard us talk uh, in depth about fasting. We have a fasting guide. We're all huge fans of fasting. That being said, uh, when I'm coaching a client, uh, one of the things that—this is one of the last things that I teach them, so— when you're with me like you have a minimum of 90 days that you have to be with me, right? And during those 90 that 90-day 90 process, it's not till the end of it do I actually start to teach you how to incorporate fasting. And that and that's because there's Other things that are very important, and one of those is establishing if you have any sort of health issues already that could that could conflict with you fasting right out the gate. So if you have hormonal issues already, you have thyroid condition, you have you have metabolism. Like if you have a metabolic damage, like if you've got things already going with you, then fasting to me, we're not ready for that yet. We need to get. Uh, a balanced diet out and understanding how different foods affect your body and kind of get normalcy first, yeah. and then I teach you how to incorporate fasting for health benefits, mm-hmm. not for weight losing yeah. weight to nourish your body. Yes. You're trying to
3: teach your body how to get to that point where you, you know you're supplying the proper amount of nutrients and getting the right minerals, micronutrients, all these things, and and have it you know like learn. you know, on a deeper level, like what that feels like. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you want to consider uh, even getting lean, you know, when it comes to men and women, like when a woman, uh, if a woman gets really, really, really lean, she'll notice some negative uh, effects on her body. Um, You know, again, uh, she'll stop uh, having her period. Uh, She gets these symptoms of starvation, fine hair on her entire body. Um, You know, metabolism can affect it, can get affected in a very, very negative way. Whereas men, have a higher resilience when it comes to this. I mean, men can get very, very lean and not necessarily have some of these negative effects. Mm. Stress, uh, stress on a uh, on a woman can cause uh, stop. You know, can cause them to stop uh, menstruating. Too much exercise, even if she has enough body fat, can cause you know her to stop uh, menstruating. A ketogenic diet can do the same thing. So, I think uh, women's bodies are a little bit more sensitive to. Um, you know, changes in nutrition and stress because again, you evolve, you know, they evolved Mm -hmm. to bear children. And so that's kind of the, that's like one of the predominant, uh, things when it comes to a woman's hormones is, uh, is, is this an environment where it's going to be okay for this woman to bear a child or is this an environment where we need to be a little bit more careful and your body starts to kind of adjust to, you know, what's happening. So, Uh, You've got to listen to your body, and and the individual variances can be massive. I I mean, there's women that can fast very long, have no effects on, no negative effects on the hormones and whatnot. Then there can be people who, women who fast have very negative effects. And there can be men Mm -hmm. that have very negative effects to uh, prolonged fasting. It's very individual. You need to listen to your body. And if you're a woman and you stop having your period, uh, you're doing, there's something you need, something is going wrong. You should be able to have regular menses, especially if you're in that, you know, the, the, the I, childbearing I, I age. Would,
2: I want to say again too that because, and I and I say this because I feel like we've talked about it before, and yet we still have people on our forum who are people that are on our forum are some of our biggest diehard, consistent fans when it comes to going through all of our material and podcasts that we've released and they still are, uh, a lot of people still connect the fasting thing to a weight loss. A lot of people are incorporating fasting because we talk about all the health benefits behind it, but yet still when they incorporate it, they're looking for the scale to be going down for them. Mm-hmm. So that is not what we're looking for from that. Is that a byproduct? Yes, most of the time it is, but it is not necessarily what you're looking for from the fast. You want to take your that that mentality out because that's a bad connection that you are starting to do. You do not want to connect with your weight loss goal with fasting as the method that got you there. The idea is to have a very good balance and understanding of food and nutrition and exercise, connecting those dots, and then learning how to incorporate fasting because of all the health benefits that come along with it. Not learning how to sustain from food, starve your body, or incorporate fasting as a fast way to lose weight. Mm -hmm. You're setting yourself up to put the weight back on over and over, yeah. You and
1: one, you know, one more thing, you know, in the past we've referred to fasting as a stress on the body, and some of the world's leading researchers now are saying it's not not really a stress, although it does induce uh, things that resemble a stress response. Um, it's more of a uh, an alternate kind of program that your body goes on. Mm-hmm. But that being said, a stressed body. Uh, may respond or may have a, a lowered ability to respond well to fasting. So, yeah. if you're losing sleep, if you're very super stressed out at work, and things are going horrible for you, fasting, uh, you're more likely to get some of the negatives that may happen from fasting. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of things to consider. But yeah, when when Adam's talking about you know the weight loss uh, being the goal, look, here's the thing: like, if if fasting, if you're just connecting it to weight loss, I'll tell you right now where that en- where that ends up. That anorexia. road, yeah, yeah, that road turns into uh, severe restriction of food and can potentially lead to you know things like anorexia, yeah. which is a uh, again, another horrible relationship to it, food.
3: I look at it more like you're teaching your body how to manage its other operating system and, and, and which is something that like Sal's kind of mentioning, they're finding out, it's it's crucial that we operate on both. Now, how do we operate on both? I have to teach my body like very slowly, very gradually to understand what that looks like in in a healthy way. And so I want to introduce it with, uh, you know, the least resistance as possible. Mm -hmm. So whatever that looks like in your schedule or something that's like more attainable for you. But you have to understand the different approaches that exist that have kind of built in a protocol for this, and that's why the fasting guide highlights a lot of
1: this. And I do feel like you get better at fasting as you ramp up and understand how to use it. Absolutely. I, I, I know, I, I mean, uh, I look, think about it this way. If When's the last time, you, as a listener, when's the last time you went 24 or 48 hours without food? Probably can't remember the last time you did that, right? Nobody. Nobody's gone that long without, for the most part, in the modern world, you've always got food with you. Well, 24 to 48-hour fast is... Considered a, a relatively normal fast by research standards, um, so if you're going to go from never fasting to all of a sudden I'm doing this long fast, probably not a good idea. I would start with like a skip a meal, skip meal, yeah, yeah just skip a meal, see how you feel, and then do that once, and then don't do it for another you know five or six days. Mm-hmm. Don't jump into it and go. Like I said, I've I've had people literally be like, oh, I did, you know, I'm doing a 24 hour fast every single day, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm noticing I'm starting to lose some hair, and I notice my period yeah. stop, like. Is, what does this mean? I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, stop.
3: A lot of people stop because uh, their body is, you know, you, you, they're cloudy and they have like a headache and, you know, there's there's these these things that you may experience if you're so oversaturated all the time to then all of a sudden shock the body and go into not not an eating situation at all. You know, your body's going to be super hungry and it's mm-hmm. going to freak out. And I'm going to get a headache and I'm going to, you know, it's going to be hard for me to think clearly, but, you know, that's why we say gradual approach because, you know, you're going to still probably feel some of those symptoms, but it's going to be less than it would if it was like a super shocked and awe to the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Dilly YV, how to stop overeating?
1: So this was a little bit longer. I read it earlier, and um, they were talking about how they'll sit down at a meal and just eat until they're stuffed. Like they just can't breathe anymore, whatever. And I, I know we're all we've all experienced that before. This is literally eating without awareness. That's all it is. Because if you ate until you were satisfied, do you, do you, you would never that? reach this
2: point. Do you believe that, or do you believe some people are fully aware and they still do it anyways?
1: No, I think they're not fully aware. I think if you're fully aware, then you're done. There's no re- why. Why am I continue eating past that point? Think about how painful it is. We've all done it. It's a painful situation. Uh, It's it's it hurt your stomach hurts you feel real full my god I don't think I can fit anymore oh more food's coming out hmm. you're not you're 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 not aware to the point where you can say to yourself like I'm satisfied I don't need more well, I don't you're, want you're anymore.
3: eating really fast too you you'd think that you'd, you'd be able to get more in and like later you just oh you feel this like just immediate pain because of everything just that's exactly well, it yeah. think about it
2: like we're talking eating, about we're technically talking about binging right I mean this is what binging is uh,
1: over over um I, you know the way that they classify binging might be a little bit different but. Yeah. uh in, the similar, in well, a similar, because you could overeat category. slow,
2: you know,
3: so you wouldn't necessarily be binging. Much with, more like, rare, like, though, but yeah, you much more rare.
1: It. it is much
2: more difficult. Just don't to know. Stuff
1: don't, yourself when you eat. Uh, I just don't know yourself. if
2: you, if I like saying that it's uh, that they're they're all not aware. I think some people even doing it, being aware of it. I think you do know the ramifications. You do, know, but you don't give a fuck. I think you you have that. That ad- is a
1: type of unawareness. That is a hundred percent type of not being aware of what you're doing because uh, I just don't give a fuck. I'm just going to go ahead and feel shitty afterwards. And then you feel shitty afterwards. And then what always follows up with that? Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. I don't mm-hmm. feel good. My stomach hurts. Now I'm going to eat, you know, super healthy for the next couple of
2: days or whatever. I'm gonna try and make up for it. Okay. Well then how would you classify this? Okay. So one of the, la- it wasn't this last one, but because the-, the last one actually we were really dialed in, uh, the time before last when we all went and created a program, uh, we decided that we were going to order pizza and we knew going into it that we were going to feel like shit afterwards, but yet we still ate. And I probably ate more slices of pizza than I should have. What would you classify as that? Because I, do, you, I, do you think we were not aware?
1: Yeah, I think there's a 100%. Uh, it, you, I think what you're doing is you're looking at awareness as uh, two things, like completely fully aware and not aware at all. There is a, it, is a, uh, it is a spectrum of awareness. And yes, there was a level of, of not being aware allowing yourself to go that distance with that food and eat those things because uh, you felt shitty afterwards you ate you even said right now you ate more than you probably should have if the, the true awareness is why you're eating it uh, or not when you're not eating it um, is to say is to make those decisions as you're doing it it's it's no different than anything else Would do look well, I the think speed that- of which you eat uh, reflects will reflect uh, that unawareness you know when you eat pizza or you eat cake, uh, is it a slow, methodical, or is it tend to be boom, 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 boom? boom. I'm going to eat this food right now. Well, I'm going to smash it.
3: I think the, the deciding factor is like this person is asking how to stop overeating. So uh, for me, that that speaks more to like I don't understand. You know the signs and signals, and you know what's going
2: on that led me to this point. Well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, even though I don't want to distract from this where we're going right now with Sal because you, I know or I know how I want to answer this person because I have tips for that person that's yeah. helped other people. So I'm going to help that person, but I want to get to the bottom where Sal's going right now because I don't know if it's a awareness thing. I don't know if it's a, I mean, I think it can be. So I'm not disagreeing like that it's it, but I don't think it's necessarily always have to be that either because I don't think. I don't think Justin, myself, or you were unaware at any moment when we were eating that pizza that we were probably going to feel like shit after after the fact. I think there was a part of it that said, you know what? I want to have this pizza, you know knowing more? that I'll probably get have to take two in the morning shits, which I yeah. hate to have to do, and my, then my butt burns from the pepperoni and the red peppers. That's like, what I'm saying.
3: But then when you go versus like I, we do that so infrequently versus frequently, you know, somebody that's like constantly has those sort of mental battles. Like I know how this is going to make me feel, but then they do it like pattern after pattern okay. after pattern.
1: Uh, you have to understand too. Little, being unaware literally means you are unaware, even now you're the defending it and bringing it up and feeling a personal, almost like, oh wait, let me use my own personal example and no, I'm not like that person. Awareness comes from ego or, or unawareness comes from your ego and feeling like, no, I'm different, that's not how it operates is literally your ego
2: saying... To me and whatever. Well, I disagree again because I don't, I think that what I'm saying right now is that it's, I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of, of it being called aware, fully awareness or not awareness or the spectrum awareness. I think every bit of what we did, we knew what we were going to get. I think, I don't think there was ever one part of me that was like unaware of what was going on. I was like, I'm eating this pizza and I'm going like, this is really good. And I'm, and then I get to slice number four and I go, this is normally where the, the breaking point is. And I continue to eat and I don't think like, I don't know what's going to happen right here. I have that fifth piece. And I, don't, I know I, that
1: fifth piece. You didn't do that. There's no way. You did not do that while you were eating every piece you were sure. eating. No, you were eating the pizza. We were, com, we were conversing about business. We're talking about what we're doing. That food was not your focus. That food was going in your mouth while we were talking about what we're doing. And you're eating I, piece piece. I
2: agree, but I'm aware enough to know. I know that when I go over, that's how I knew the number, bro. I can that's have not... I can have four pieces of pizza, especially if it's a, yeah. a place that's not super oily and greasy and fucking gnarly, and I can be fine. The moment I hit slice number five, I know I'm in trouble the next day. So I know that. Yeah, I that, know that. I'm aware that, of that. that. But yet sometimes that, I still decide I'm going to have five or six slices because I say- You know what? It's worth the asshole burning. It's been like two months since I've had that happen to me, <laughs> and this, Fire pi- in the hole. this pizza tastes so good. So I, yeah. all I'm saying, I'm not justifying. I'm not saying that you're right or wrong. I'm just saying I don't know if I would say that people are completely unaware. I think there are lots of people that are unaware. I think some people just are mindless when they eat and they don't pay attention. But I think a lot of that is because they're blocking that out. They don't want to connect the dots yet. They don't want to make that connection yet. I have made that connection. I know. sure as shit, when I do five slices of pizza or more, I'm gonna pay for it.
1: Yeah, I know that. There's still there's definitely a process. Of course, there's definitely a step by step process, and you're all you're going along that process. It doesn't mean you're gonna make a decision one way or the other, but it is a level. Look, when we're talking about awareness, anything you do that's gonna hurt you, anything you're gonna do that's not uh, gonna benefit you, anything that's gonna hurt your body, your mind, your spirit, whatever. Uh, is uh, is t- is typically a an, an unawareness, whether it be a drug, whether it be uh, you know something you do with in a relationship, uh, whether all those different things. And all I'm saying is, overeating is a level of unawareness because you are eating beyond the point of satisfaction. You are eating beyond the point of enjoyment. You're eating to a point of unenjoyment, of pain. Overeating. What is what is? Think about the word overeating. What is that? Yeah, what but does that some defi- of well, how's that defined?
2: Some of the things that could be combined or, or uh, that can be connected to overeating is this. You ever notice when you have uh, a high glycemic carbohydrate on how you want to eat or you want to eat more afterwards? If you go technically, you're probably if you have okay. Which almost every restaurant uses this strategy. They send you out, I think, a chips and salsa first, or a basket bread of bread. Basket, yeah. And what happens? You eat those four slices, and while you're eating, you're like, "Oh, I don't want to eat too much because I don't want to get full for dinner." But sure as shit, by the time dinner comes around, you still consume that and you eat it. And part of that is actual from a chemical reaction that happens in your body. It's not just unawareness. There is a part of that that actually you're getting, you are spiking blood sugar, you're spiking insulin, you're spiking appetite. The sugar will create create you to carve more. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. We are not we are not slaves to our I'm not bodily slave- functions and hormones and chemicals. That is that is the that You is cannot
2: li- say that the, the the carbohydrate does not spike the appetite. It,
1: it does. But so, what you do with it is your awareness or unawareness. How you act on it is your unawareness I and disagree, awareness. I disagree, dude. It, it doesn't does.
2: necessarily mean aware or not aware, it just means that you made that choice. I think you've Some people are. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm not saying but you can't classify everybody as being unaware because they ate bread and then they had dinner.
1: No, but what I am classifying is to what you do with it is a level of unawareness. Most of us have some parts of that. Overeating is a piece of that. That's all I'm saying. So if someone's saying stop, how well, to stop eating? Well, I disagree overeating. with you again,
2: because I think most people are what exactly what you're saying. I think most people are actually unaware. You're right, but not everybody. That's all I'm trying to get you to understand is that I, I disagree that you can say that just because you overconsume, that you're completely unaware of it. I, I didn't don't. say
3: completely. I'm but make if Doug start to wear like a referee
2: jersey, or or partially, uh, unaw- partially That's unaware. That's time, Adam, yeah. Sal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your yeah. rebuttal. Yeah. Well, no,
2: somebody needs to tell this guy this because I know like he speaks no, in authority all the time, and you're like you can't just say. I that. Think, you can't I just think, come out and say that. I dude. think for one
1: hundred percent, if you're overeating. If you're overeating, there's an element of unawareness there, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. I disagree. That's the, that's the, that's what. Well, that's okay. You can disagree. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. the question says how
2: to stop we overeating. We can also move on. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. How to yeah. stop overeating? Well, no, I, I have some things to help this. And person I guarantee, out. I right.
1: guarantee you, every piece of advice you're going to give them has to do with becoming more aware of what they're
2: doing. Well, of course. Ooh. That doesn't that yeah, ooh, that doesn't make the point your point more <laughs> sure or less. Does. Of course. Of sure course. Does. Being more aware is obviously going to help the situation if the more aware we are with anything, the better off we are heading into okay, any so scenario. What, so what advice would you give this person? <sighs> Great counterpoint. Something that is something that has helped me, has helped clients is and this is a very simple thing, right? Is targeting my fats first. So I go after. I I teach my clients to eat healthy fats first, which in turn helps satiate you, and it doesn't. It doesn't spike up that appetite, and that's why I said that's such an important thing. Is that something chemically does happen that makes you crave food, then what you do with that is your self-awareness. But if you can help the craving from not happening, you're already winning half the battle. So by staying away from these high glycemic carbs or if not having them frequently in your diet, especially when you know you're not going to about to go use them like in a workout or something, I would avoid that. So a simple thing to do is, hey, understand what high glycemic, low glycemic carbs are. Very easy. You can Google that and get a whole fucking list and put it on your refrigerator. Mm. Once you understand that, Keep your high-glycemic foods around your intense workouts or activity, and then the rest of the time, avoid those high-glycemic foods. Eat foods that are good, rich, and good, healthy fats. That'll help satiate you, and that will help with the overeating. The other thing is awareness because awareness is important and it is a factor here.
1: You do realize that going to consciously choose to eat a higher-fat food first is literally a piece of being more aware of what. Of course, happening. of okay. course. That's why I, I was okay. like,
2: that wasn't like you winning your battle okay. by you saying that. You just redirected. Uh, you re- redirected uh, your, your original uh, argument of uh, is it awareness or not to, am I going to give tips I around awareness? Of course, th- I'm going to give you tips I around awareness. I obviously struck
1: a chord. I think look, if you're going to, if you're that kind of person that's going to overeat and you're going to sit at something, at a plate and continue to eat and it's painful, you have to stop. You have to pause. Uh, the, the cycle. You have to stop what you're doing. You have to think about what's happening, look at the food you're eating and literally talk to yourself about what's happening. That is going to help stop the cycle because an overeating cycle typically starts uh, or, or, or overeating is, is something that just, it's like a chain reaction. Like I'm e e e And then it just continues to go on past the point of satisfaction. Ask yourself these questions. Am I satisfied? Do I feel like I don't, do I really need more? Mm. Do, do i hurt uh, why am i eating anymore slow your chewing down slowing down the the, the rate of your eating also helps you become m- more aware of what's going on and what you're putting in your mouth this is just look when people when people eat this way when they binge this way at, when i have clients like this i ask them that question well why did you continue after the first bite why did you continue eating this way why did you not stop and the answer usually is well i just i don't know it was good i guess i don't know i'm not i'm not sure why i continued Why did you eat past the point of satiety? I don't know. And that's literally what I'm talking about. So I would say pay attention to what's happening. Slow yourself down. Chew slower. Yes, make different choices before you eat, but it's all under that umbrella of you need to know what's going on and you become more conscious of what's going on and not let it become this
2: automatic uh this is also this is also how we create the nutrition guide was you know and some people feel it's like basic because of what we put out there but that's just it is most people haven't learned to master the basics you know most people want this oh prescriptive diet of follow this and you're going to lose weight or build muscle and we were so adamant not to do that because we're like listen most motherfuckers out there don't even understand a protein, carb, fat, or understand how to eat with color and why all these foods are so essential to the body systems. That was so important to us to give that message. And so, you know, perfect that, get to the point where you really, really understand all these different foods. And it may seem daunting right now, but you just approach it with small steps. I mean, that's, how we coach somebody we give them one simple thing that we talk about and we get good at it we understand that okay this is what this what's doing what this, this is what's good for your body when you eat this way so and then if you want that last piece of pizza you have to yell at the top of your lungs
3: i'm eating pizza and i'm aware look at me i'm aware it's going <laughs> in my mouth it's in my
0: body all right <laughs> <laughs> with that said K. one best advice that you got in your teens and twenties that you didn't take but wish you did. Mm. I'm drawing a blank on that. Mm. One.
2: I'll go with one. I know, right. I, I'll go with one right away that comes to mind when I was younger. I think everybody's been told this when they were younger, that, and I wish I started earlier. I didn't get really into reading subjects that I wanted to learn more about until my mid twenties, so I, I feel like I got a late start. Uh, And I know how much it grew me from 25 to now 35. I wish uh, I would have done that and started that as a teen. I wish I would have created those habits that I would just pick up one book a month and and read on topics that I want to learn already about, which I think that's where I made the mistake when I got that advice when I was a kid. I think someone just said, you need to read more or read more. And they tell you that and you think, because I hate reading novels. And that's kind of how I connected it was, oh, I need to read these, these novels that are popular that everyone talks about. I'm like, this is boring. I fall asleep halfway through them and it wasn't my thing. So then I just was like, meh about it. And it wasn't until... I got into working, making good money, got my house and, and and then I started thinking like okay, investing and you know, business and entrepreneurship and leadership. I was in a role where I was managing. So, now all these topics I became really important to me and then I began reading more and more and more. I wish I would have started that early on when I was younger when the first person told me that. That's just one that comes to mind right away.
1: Yeah, I think For me, uh, you know, thinking back, I kind of drew a blank at first, but now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I, 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 people told me to get out of my comfort zone a little bit more Mm, or or to travel a a little bit more. And I didn't do any of that at all. Uh, One of the main reasons is I just have a horrible, horrible, horrible sense of direction. So I never really went anywhere outside of the places I, I, you know, I, I knew because I was afraid of getting lost. Now, as in a you know, a much older adult, I know that that's not really that big of a deal, and I'm not going to die. But man, I passed up so many opportunities. Like I had an opportunity to go run a club in Hong Kong, and I had opportunities to go work in uh, you know other countries in different states. And going, and I wish I could go back in time and and, and take advantage of some of those things. There's just look in your teens and twenties. There's certain things that you can do that later on become much more difficult because of career and you know maybe your family, kids, right? Yeah, and. When you're in, at those ages, uh you a lot of times you have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You could take all the time in the world and do all these different things and it feels like you're in this rush to get your degree or get this job or do these mm-hmm. different things. But you know, I had friends that would go backpacking through Europe and I would always be like, No, I gotta work, I gotta stay focused on this one thing and you know, they'd be gone for two weeks. Like it's two weeks. Yeah. I would have gotten so much more of that had I gone with them.
3: Yeah, and I feel it's the same for me. It's it's more just like the risks and, and the risk taking back then, like there was a lot of times where people were like, put your money here and invest in this. Or like, um, you know, Oh, you, you like, like, cause I love, I love films. And I, one day I want to write like a film or whatever. And it's like, why didn't I pursue that? Well, I had nothing but time on my hands, you know, like learn, learn more about it. Take, take the the classes and pursue the things that really interested me the most. And then get to a place where, you know, earlier, like, that would have been a lot more feasible. But, like, even then, like, I still wouldn't change it because I, I, I definitely like where, I, where I'm at and where I ended up. And all these things had to take place for me to get to where I am. But, I mean, that's all just well, I think hindsight. We- but, you know, like, I, I definitely – that was, like, something that I'm like, wow – Or music, you know, if I would if I would have just like really poured myself more into that, I would have definitely, you know, benefited from it. So
2: I think obviously all of us would say that, right? That I wouldn't change how things played out because it all played out for a reason the way it did. Right. But I tell you what, another uh, another one is like I think a lot of people uh, when I was younger, uh, and I can remember parents and uh, you know uncles and aunts and stuff like that giving lectures to me, like you know as far as like the people that you choose to hang out with. Um, and I think, Mm. I think we've all heard this like a ton of times, but I don't think it really resonated with me until I was in my late twenties, almost 30,
3: that's a big one
2: on how important it was for me to start to eliminate people in my life that, uh, were just blood suckers and people, and to stay close to those that were going to help me grow and push me to, to new levels and new heights. Um, and not just financially or business or work related but even just in personal growth and just positivity and just that way of thinking that 's a tough one what that 's tough. Oh, tough oh oh to yeah that well is. you know yeah so and i can there 's there I can remember uh man, some hard breakups that I had with like uh, other good men in my life that were cool. good guys, good this, and good relationships as friends for a long time but what they really when I really if as an outsider looking in or now hindsight looking back when I look at what they represented I mean it was like my party buddy right my buddy who you know got fucked up with me and went to Vegas and we you know gambled and it's like I mean I love doing that stuff during that time and like we said we probably wouldn't change that but then I think about it like you know wow that really wasn't taking me any further in life by doing that all the time. And then when I yeah. really dissect that person's relationship with me, that's a majority of what it, what it representative. And if I really think about it, it's also the friend that was kind of hating on me when I was doing success, do, making, you know, doing great in life. And like, you know what, like, wow, I don't know if I really want this person. And you know, you don't put that together until you get older. And I wish I would have started eliminating people in my life. Um, at a soon, at a sooner point, I think I'd be further along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think too, you know, um, Feeling like I had to fit within a particular expectations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my family wants me to be this way. And this is what I have to do. And these are the, and not really knowing that it's my life and I can do whatever I want with it and just express myself the the way I want and do, you know, follow my dreams the way I want. I think when you talk to people in their 30s uh, and 40s and you ask them to define their 20s, I think a lot of them will say that, right? They'll say, Mm -hmm. gosh, I, you know, I feel so much more independent and free now like i can just be who i am and i felt like in my teens and 20s i had to be this other person yeah. um it, it's, i think it's all part of the growing up experience yeah so, you know what i mean it's like you're just you're not
3: going to take all the wisdom that's thrown at you because you're still developing and and finding out about uh, your your own process and who you are and so it's all
2: it's all self-discovery well you want i mean think about this could you imagine if you had mind pump when you were 17 18 years to old listen to yeah not to like not to stroke us off or pat us on the yeah. back or anything like that but really though like somebody who's got to somebody yeah, right somebody who who i i respected <laughs> in the the no. similar field that i'm in so I'm, I'm talking really to like other trainers other young entrepreneurs whatever that i respected their opinion that were giving me advice like this i don't know and i think i i think i actually i probably would like i per example we just had our young buddy danny in here the other day what's danny 20 years old Mm -hmm. listen to the way that kid talks the way he carries himself the way he thinks about his even though his relationship he just went through a breakup even the way he reflects on that relationship that he had with that girl is as heartbreaking as it was the connections that he made with his own personal girl i mean fuck at 20 Come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty, that's not a lot of 20 year mature. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? And then the, his, his, just his, uh, the way he's pursuing his passion, the way he conduct. I mean, it, it, obviously he's a, he's a big fan of the show and a buddy of ours, but man, I, I don't know. I wish, I wish I had something like this. Uh, I mean, I had mentors and people I felt directed me, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a little bit younger, but not, not like, not like this where I'd be constantly yeah. being, get fed information, you know?
0: Machi dog, when you look in the mirror to assess your physique, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Oh man, how did God create such a specimen? <laughs> <laughs> Every day,
2: why do I think that really goes down like Hairy. that? <laughs> 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 I feel like you get out of the shower and you just ask my wife, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, like, you, rub, wow, you rub your sh- chest yeah. and then you say that in front oh, of the mirror. Shit, I'm put together. Watch what is that the all the question was like, what will you look at yourself in the mirror and yeah. what comes to mind? Yeah, what comes to your mind? Wow. Okay. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, uh, the, I think this is something that, uh, you're, you're always trying to improve on is to not look at all your flaws, mm-hmm. which I would be lying to say that I do. I look in the mirror and I don't do that. I think that would be completely lying to say that I look in the mirror and I go like, oh, I'm so happy with exactly the way I look and um life is per. No, I look at myself and I go like, fuck, I'm slipping. Mm. You know, I it looks, uh, oh, oh shit. You know what that skipped workout and the and the two you know uh, burgers I had over the over the weekend like I can see it you know like I do that I assess uh, I assess it and I use it as accountability to uh, what I've been doing the the previous week and I know that this is not the the connection I want to make I want and and it's a process for me I feel like I over time and like I was just telling Katrina this the other day that. I feel the best I've ever felt. And why that makes me happy is I couldn't be further away from my stage physique as far as the way I looked. So I have become more comfortable with the way I look when I have a nice balance in my life where I get to go enjoy birthday parties here and there, but I'm also mindful of what I'm doing. I don't have to hammer myself in the gym seven days a week, one hour plus at a time. And I get to maintain a strong function. And I'm very functional right now. I've been looking at that more. Instead of looking at my aesthetic mirror reflection, I'm looking at. But
1: it's still a motivating thing for you. Exactly.
2: I'd be lying if, if it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? I think that if I'm not being, would, I wouldn't be true, wouldn't be truthful of myself if I didn't look at myself and uh, critique it somewhat.
1: Yeah. So what's weird is uh, I, I used to do this. All the time, you know, I'd look in the mirror, especially after I worked out because that's when I'd look the best um, and really break down what I need to work on, what I don't like. Um, you know, what's interesting, a few years ago, I, I don't remember why, I was over somebody's house and we had done some exercises and then I had looked in a mirror that was like a reflection of another mirror and I could see my back and for whatever reason, it was an angle that I'm not used to seeing and it was just it had done it had played a trick on my mind to where I could tell that it was me, but I felt like I was looking at someone else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. when did I get that tramp stamp? Yeah and I exactly <laughs> did, what, was I yeah, what, was what was I thinking night
2: was what was I thinking when I did that
1: and I, I I was looking at myself through this through these lenses and it was interesting because for the for the first time in a long time, I had looked at myself and I had thought, wow I, I look pretty muscular and that's weird because uh it, You know, my 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 my, the way I saw myself has been so skewed for most of my life to where you know I had body image issues to where I didn't even realize that the way I saw myself was not an accurate depiction of how I probably looked. And this one moment was really weird to me to see that and look at my back and go, "Wow, I look I look really muscular." And when I look at my back through other you know through other you know ways or other shots or whatever, I didn't see that same thing. And it wasn't the lighting, it wasn't a change in anything. It was the same thing. It was just, for whatever reason, it had played a trick on my mind to where I felt like I was looking someone else. So for a split second, it was like I could step outside my body and look at myself like someone else would, which is a very, very weird and interesting thing to do. And I think people experience this a lot when they look at old pictures of themselves. I can't tell you how many times I've had a client, especially female clients, they will look at an old picture of themselves and they'll be like, oh God, I can't even believe I used to think I was fat back then. Mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, some dudes like, God, I thought I wasn't, I didn't even think I was muscular back then, but look at me, I was so ripped. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're, you're. it's so skewed how you view yourself or how you see yourself that you're probably not even really being objective. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're looking at yourself differently than, than the way someone else may see you. And, uh, more recently, um, I've really haven't looked in the mirror and flexed a whole lot and checked myself out a whole lot. I did it the past couple of days because um, I had done a post about, uh, you know, recently on Instagram about, um, you know, how uh, my body seems to be settling at this particular leanness and body weight, even though I'm not paying attention to the cosmetic, you know, the, the, the cosmetic, and I'm not really looking and paying attention to what, uh, you know, body parts I need to work on or what muscle needs to develop or whatever. And what's weird is my body weight seems to settle at like 187 pounds between 186, I'd say and 190 is where my weight seems to settle and I'm not really even focusing on it. So it's a very, very interesting thing. But when I do look in the mirror and if I do try to, you know, look at myself and assess from a very cosmetic, you know, standpoint, and then I can start to point out, you know, flaws like, oh, I need more chest or my shoulders seem narrow or, you know, uh, you know, I I don't like this particular part of my upper back, or you know, I need more trust. But it's it's very interesting because I haven't done that in a very very long time, and I'm happy I haven't done that in a very long time because yeah. it's
2: it's a it's not a good place. Yeah, it's very freeing to not be like that. Super
1: freeing. Yeah, dude.
2: and I have to say that a lot of I have gone through a lot of this transition recently, just because uh, I'm not competing anymore. So you have to understand that too, right? I I did come off of you Know being in the sport of aesthetics, so there's a part of oh, that. I could
1: play so many mind games on you, I well, can't even understand. well,
2: and not only that, but there's a part of it like that was necessary, right? Like, I'm this is my sport is to present the name of the game, yeah, is to present the most symmetrical looking sh- physique, so of course. I was training myself to look at myself Mm -hmm. and assess it that way. Right. But before that, I really didn't have that. So I I created that for myself. And so it took a transition to get out of that. I would say what I do still do right now, uh, listening to you, we'll talk about flexing mirror, And you know, Katrina teases me, I do have a routine every night, right before I go to bed, I I go over and I I flex in front of the mirror. But typically what I flex is I am flexing something that I'm currently kind of focusing on. So like, if I'm like working on my quad development because I'm playing with our programming and I'm adding this and I'm manipulating some moves and I'm doing some different stuff, uh, I'm kind of assessing it. But it's it's a it's a very objective way of looking at it. Like I'm not looking at it like oh I I'm, I don't look good or this or that. It's like I'm programming something right now in my it, it, you know I'm manipulating my program in a way. I'm trying that,
1: to watch it like a scientist.
2: Exactly. I'm trying to watch it and see how my body is responding. Not looking at it like oh my legs aren't big enough or oh my chest is shrinking more. It's like okay, I'm applying some new techniques or more volume to something. I want to see if my body is responding the way it's supposed to be. So that's probably how I look at my physique more than anything now. It's more from a because that's what I enjoy the most with these guys now. Is like man, a bunch of it's it is kind of like a bunch of scientists in a room that are like creating these. Form. I mean, that's what we kind of do in a sense when you talk about our programming and our all the different exercise and movements and incorporating more mobility and priming. Like so, I'm always. I'm always applying all these different things and then I'm kind of going back and I'm using that. And not not always is the the reflection an indicator of what I'm focused on. A lot of times, like I said, like right now, I'm heavily focused on mobility. So I'm less of looking in the mirror and more of like, look at this. I can sit all the way down in this baby position and my ankle isn't pronating anymore and I'm being able to internally rotate my feet even more than what I was before. So right now it's more of that than it really is a mirror, but I do still use the mirror for things like that that I feel like are a healthier way of looking at it than what I was forced to do when I was competing, you know?
1: Yeah. It's funny because I'll have uh, clients that I'll tell them to stop weighing themselves and just start paying attention to other things. And then three weeks later, they'll weigh, them- weigh themselves and they're freaked out. Like, I don't want to weigh myself because I feel like I know I'm going to gain hell of weight. I know again, I they'll get on the scale and be like, I lost four pounds. Like, how's this even possible? I didn't weigh myself for, you know, for three weeks and I lost four pounds. Like, well, it's interesting. It's one of those things. Like if you just if you just focus on the scale or just focus on your appearance, a lot of times it can drive you in the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. It could take you away from the things that help those things out. So uh, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting position to be. Very in. Very true. Yep. Listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump T shirt. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Justin's at Mind Pump Justin. And Adam, don't forget. Forget about finding him. And Mind Pump Adam. (laughs) I'm just kidding, bro. And you can find Doug at
0: Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps anabolic,